Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hello, everyone. I'm Sarah Carradine, podcasting from Aora, Sydney. I'm Mari Forth. And this is Crime Scene, the true crime review podcast where we get to the heart of how true crime stories are told. You can get this fine program along with all the fantastic reality TV content by subscribing to robhasawebsite.com slash feed. That's R-H-A-P-U-P-S feed. We'd love it if you subscribe to our feed as well. Please go to robhasawebsite.com slash crime feed. You'll get your true crime on Tuesdays. If you've already subscribed, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Amari, we have some true crime news this week. Uh, Yes. So the Houston Chronicle reports that the U.S. Army has overturned the convictions of 110 black soldiers in the 1917 Houston riot at Camp Logan. This is the Buffalo Soldiers case in which members of the all-Black 24th Infantry Regiment who were guarding the construction of Camp Logan clashed with racist white Houston residents, including cops, who assaulted a Black woman. 110 officers were convicted of mutiny and 19 were executed. This was the largest murder trial in American history and the largest court-martial. Historian John Haymond and South Texas College of Law former professor and retired military officer Drew Brenner Beck co-authored the petition. Their work on the case was pro bono. John Haymond said this is the army recognizing it's never too late to do the right thing and correcting its errors of the past. Wow. Incredible. Interesting. (laughs) I mean, too late for those men, right? Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Reparations for their family, maybe? That'd be great. Um, (laughs) Sarah, what did we watch this week? This week we watched Bad Surgeon, Love Under the Knife. That is Bad Surgeon, colon, Love Under the Knife. (laughs) It's a three-part docuseries from Netflix directed by Ben Steele, who previously directed The Whistleblowers, colon, Inside the UN. Exposed, colon, the church's darkest secrets, and hunted, colon, the war against gays in Russia. This guy loves a colon. Man, I tell you what. And I think in this case, I I, I don't like the title uh, or the subtitle, Love Under the Knife, and I have objections to what that indicates, where the Hmm. filmmaker's attention was placed. That is a spoiler for my comments soon. (laughs) First of all, let's get to the crime. Paolo Maccarini is an Italian surgeon. 
He was considered a pioneer in regenerative medicine with his biological and synthetic scaffolds. Uh, so these were basically plastic body parts seeded with the patient's DNA, and he specifically worked with replacement tracheas or windpipes or airways, all the same thing. Previously, Macarini had used donor tracheas. Starting in 2011, eight patients received these implants and seven are now dead. The eighth had the implant removed. And it must be said the deaths sound horrific as the patients rotted from the inside, coughing up internal tissue, uh, gasping for breath. And one woman was in the ICU for four years in a terrible, terrible state. Macarini worked out of the most expensive hospital in the world, the Karolinska in Sweden. Three of his colleagues, concerned about the outcomes for his patients, both in Sweden and in other countries, looked into Macarini's research. The accepted way of medical research, I don't need to tell you, Mari, <laughs> is from animal experimentation. And then if that's successful and promising, uh, you move to humans. Macarini had done no animal experiments with the plastic tracheas prior to operating on people. Meanwhile, a journalist was also looking into Macarini. He found that the surgeon had knowingly implanted faulty devices by getting offcuts from another documentary praising Macarini, where he says on film that they're faulty or is told, and he says, go ahead. In 2016, Swedish police opened an investigation into whether Macarini might have committed involuntary manslaughter. But in 2017, the Attorney General's office announced its findings that Macarini had been negligent in four of the five cases investigated due to the use of devices and procedures not supported by evidence, but that a crime could not be proven because the patients might have died anyway under any treatment. In 2022, Macarini was charged again in Sweden with three counts of aggravated assault. He was found not guilty on two counts, and on the third, he was convicted of causing bodily harm. He received a suspended sentence and two-year probation. Both Macarini and the prosecution appealed this verdict, and in June of this year, the Court of Appeal convicted Macarini of aggravated assault on all three patients and sentenced him to two years and six months in prison. He didn't know when he had it good. <laughs> he lodged an appeal with the Supreme Court, but just now in October, the Supreme Court declined to consider the appeal. At the same time, Macarini was conducting relationships with at least three women, an American TV journalist making a documentary about him, the mother of a patient he had operated on who died, and we're guessing a wife in Barcelona. Uh, we only hear from two of these women, but we see a woman and children at his uh, home in Barcelona. So we make that assumption. Mari, what were your thoughts on this docuseries? I have many thoughts, uh, mostly because I I know of this case very, very well. I had randomly watched, it was an ID discovery special um, back in, I want to say it was like 2019. I want to say it was right before the pandemic, something like that. And then I watched... I mean, then I listened to uh, Dr. Death season three entitled Miracle Man. It was like, a, if I remember correctly, it was a six part podcast about him. So I, I, I had previously known about the case through those. So I was interested to see how this property, this three episode property on Netflix, how it would describe the case. And like, I feel like I'm pleasantly surprised 
because in the in the two properties I just named, I never knew about the woman who like the 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 mother of a patient he basically seduced. I I didn't know about her. I don't think she was included in the other two properties. So my jaw dropped when I heard about her. So yeah, the previous the previous properties were more about Benita and her uncovering Paolo's double life. Well, should I say this case and this this property and all of it together is very interesting because the case is always presented alongside the the um uh love fraud of it all. Like I've yet to see this case presented as, you know, just the medical malpractice side. They always intertwine the love fraud, the what was it called? Dear John or or what was it? Uh Dirty John. Dirty oh, no, John. I, and the Tinder swindler of it all. Yeah, exactly. That like it always has that component. So I don't know how I feel about that component, but at least this one felt balanced. Um, for example, the ID discovery property that I watched, the first one I watched, it was heavily about Benita. It was oh, okay. heavily. All right. I might have to revise my opinion because I felt yes. there was too much Benita. Girl, the uh, the ID discovery, it was all about her to the point where it took it like they yada yada over the people dying till the end. I was like, wow. Um, to contrast that, Dr. Death did actually a very good job of highlighting the patients. I think they highlighted the patients and the medical malpractice of it all and the three surgeons that came after him. And then, but Benita was there. She's always there. She's well, always she is, there. She's always there. She's part of the pattern mm-hmm. of fraud, the ability to have a double life. And plus yeah. that dancing with risk where he deliberately goes after a journalist who's like the wrong person if you've got a double life. I mean, if people are interested, the second season of the TV series called Dr. Death, which follows the podcast, the second series covers Macarini, um, oh, really? it stars uh, Edgar Ramirez and Mandy Moore. And that's landing on the 21st of December on Peacock in the US and the okay. 22nd of December on Stan in Australia. So gotcha. it will be interesting how the fictional version mm-hmm. of the Dr. Death podcasts, which are, you know, in our Very top, good top group of, of podcasts, so always, always mm-hmm. uh, recommend them. So I certainly will be turning on uh, Edgar Ramirez, as in, why wouldn't I? And uh, Mandy Moore and just seeing how they handle it fictionally. I like the first season too, the first season of Dr. Death. Yes, so well cast. uh, He played that role really well. So that was your, was that your thought on this property? It was too much Benita? I just, uh, you know, too much Benita. There was sort of in in episode one, I felt there was enough Benita. I Mm -hmm. didn't mind her as the narrator uh, Mm -hmm. taking us through her sort of very tender swindlerish experiences of being love bombed don't worry about my five phone and I mean <laughs> if you know we are always unfortunately sort of fascinated by clever women being tricked by men and yeah, it's, it's yeah. A, but you know as our friend of the podcast Kevin from Crime Writers On says it's called Dirty John not Stupid Deborah like these, <laughs> these women are, are not to be excoriated for, for believing mm-hmm. someone, the men who are acting against them. And look, reverse the genders as well. Mm-hmm. It's it's if you get scammed, it's the scammer that made that came after you with a crime, not your crime mm-hmm. for falling for it. But I started to think 
because I had heard of 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 this. I hadn't gone into the same depths that you had, mm-hmm. but I so I did a little bit of uh, side googling, and there's look, it's a very complex thing because he has research fraud, he has switched biopsies, he has all sorts of malpractice adjacent. If wow. I, my opinion, using the wrong word, dodgy stuff, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, in his past. And it just made me think about that idea of how hard it is to bring down a doctor, how hard it is to complain yes. against a doctor. The medical yes. profession closes its um, doors. We find the Karolinska Institute doesn't mm-hmm. take responsibility for a really long time until Those they drinks. do. Mm-hmm. Then they all get fired at the Karolinska wagons. Mm-hmm. and find another job. I could have had more of Calais Gremeno, who's one of the surgeons, Oscar Simonson, also one of the surgeons in Sweden, and the two journalists, uh, Bossa Lindqvist and Johannes Wallström, and then an, um, another American surgeon who forms a part of this almost sort of secret whistleblower group, Matthias mm-hmm. Corbasio. They were so interesting because they, particularly the surgeons, investigated in front of our eyes, I'm sure they've thought about it before, their complicity. When was Mm -hmm. the moment they should have stopped him? But the idea that he was this world-class, world-renowned surgeon and the way the hierarchy in medicine works meant that even if they thought, hmm, that's not quite right, they didn't say anything until they did. Yeah, we've seen this in the aforementioned Dr. Death where it takes, it feels like it's an uphill battle in order to um, be able to get accountability for surgeons. It seems to be surgeons, you know what I'm saying? Like doctors, I don't know, but surgeons, it feel like it really takes a lot um, to get this overturned. I will say just to put the final nail in the head on the, the, the love fraud versus the medical fraud of it all. Um, I did think that this property did a pretty good balance of it because they didn't even go into like, I know a lot of the stuff that Benita did because of the the first property I watched. Like she went, she showed up on her wedding day to the castle, to, like to the place she was supposed to have her wedding. And, and they were like, yeah, no, we've never heard this. She had her wedding dress on and took pictures outside of the castle. Like she, the part with her friends where her and her friends go to go to confront him in Barcelona her, her and her friends were about that life. Her friends were <laughs> were interviewed in the first property that I saw and it, they were funny. They were the ones like, we were telling her this didn't smell right. And they they basically trolled him once they found out it was all said and done. So it was, it was like a funny aspect that doesn't really have anything to do with like the other side of it. But the moment- The involvement of his- dead patients' families is almost cruel. Not only the the woman that he conducts a relationship with and every photo of her as he takes her about to all over the world to trips is from behind. I mean, it's that cruelty. I didn't know that part, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Erica Green and uh, Dawn Lyles, um, mother and sister of uh, Christopher Lyles, who died, he invites them to the wedding. They buy gowns. It's like leave them alone. Mm-hmm. Leave them alone. They did a really good job of spreading this out. Like that was the first time I had heard from Christopher's uh, mother and sister. It was the first time I had heard from uh, Danilo, the woman who ended up 
um, in a relationship with Paolo Macarini. I that was the first time I think I had heard of her son's case. I want to say I don't think they went all the way back to him because technically he was the first one. Um, Danilo was one of his uh, patients that died in 2011. All the patients after that who are documented after that are from I think 2012 and onward, and they're the ones that had yes. the the document like had the documentary. It was like when he was getting big, you know what I'm saying? Yes. So, so Danilo didn't get a plastic windpipe, but yeah. it's part of the pattern where he's operating on the trachea and not well. Exactly. People just die. Right. And, and so like, it's a lot. I, I know where I like, I know we're jumping around a lot. So um, let's move to the medical fraud part of it because I did a lot of side googling about this I don't know if you did Sarah oh just so much it was so much right because the what he was trying to do if he could really do it would have been revolutionary you know what I'm saying um taking plastic windpipes and being able to insert them into people and have them operate and function I didn't realize like like it, it almost got you know almost spiked my anxiety realizing how like damaged how how damage to your windpipe ha- can severely impact your your health and how it's like one of those things that you just don't really think about and that all of these different patients had different things wrong with their tracheas and their windpipes and that it is actually a very hard a hard organ to operate on it's a hard organ to I, I didn't even realize it was a hard organ to transplant from like you know a cadaver because the whole time I was watching this and, and hearing the story I was like well why can't they just do cadaver transplants you know what I'm saying like we yes. like we normally do but it's even hard to do those and, and he it, had done it unsuccessfully unsuccessfully exactly with the with human tissue cadaver that's how that should tell you how hard this procedure is just period and i i was reading it's because it's really hard to get the blood flow right when it comes to the the windpipe the arteries and stuff like that it's really really hard to maintain blood flow it's strong and it's flexible i mean i had uh, my throat cut medically in november of last year Mm -hmm. and uh it the amount of things that they told me could go wrong i mean all the time saying it probably won't happen but there was one one quite strong possibility of something that could go wrong and that was because of the placement of where everything is. I won't go into detail, everybody. I'm yeah. perfectly fine. Uh, but uh, that was my vocal issues, issues of earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. But there's so much running through your neck, <laughs> arteries, nerves, uh, mm-hmm. the trachea, all this stuff is so delicate mm-hmm. uh, that even uh, – quite a straightforward uh, operation such as mine comes with risks that doctors feel they have to enumerate. And here you have Paolo saying, these hands are God. There's no one between me and God. And then saying, these hands are God and saying to people, I never, I never lose a patient. He told his mother he'd never lost a patient. I mean, and how he didn't have the, look, There's another thing about surgeons where I say I do want an arrogant surgeon. I want a man or a woman or a non-binary surgeon who is arrogant enough to cut into human flesh. Mm. But I also need them to have humility. And And empathy. 
and empathy. And this is where he completely fell down. Yes. You can't say, I will never make a mistake. None of us can, and certainly not surgeons. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it, it just scares you. And, and it's why, like, that Dr. Death, the Dr. Death series is just so. Um, it's just so profound because it it highlights that there are people out here who are so arrogant in what they do that they don't care who they're hurting. And this was Paolo. So Paolo was telling everybody he could take these plastic windpipes. He, he'll bathe them in the patient's stem cells. That way it's not rejected by the body. And then he'll implant them. Several things wrong with this. Again, as somebody who is, you know, in the medical field, who's had to, like read a lot of medical procedures and stuff like that. And who actually, I like, I really like stem cell research growing up when I thought I was leaning towards being a doctor as a port, as, uh, as opposed to a laboratorian, like you are telling people like in Christopher Lyle's case, I think they said, he said, I can operate on your son. He flew to, he, Christopher Lyle flew to Sweden. I think he did the operation within like two or three days. If you're really preparing this um, this plastic tube and bathing it in stem cells, one day of bathing that plastic tube in stem cells is not going to do anything. And it's like when when people because they this is they do use stem cells in tra some transplants like this um, in order to try and get it so that the um, your body doesn't reject it and it sometimes takes months because you have to, you have to get that tissue ready for the body. Like you have to continuously introduce the patient cells to that, whatever you're trying to transplant. So there were time where he's like, patients would fly in and they, then he would do the surgery within two days. I'm like, what did you do? Just sprinkle some on in. Let's and said it's good to go. That's not how it works. And, and then, then go. And he's never there for their post-operative care of this experimental cutting edge, you know, extraordinary, if it were so, you know, extraordinary surgical procedure. Sure. I'm not a medical person. And I'm thinking, aren't you going to be almost sitting by the bedside and, and monitoring that person every day? And, but it, but it, and it's such a, and that's, and it's such a, like a, a comparison between him and Dr. Dunch from um, the original Dr. Death. I'm sorry, everybody, if I keep bringing it up. And if you're not familiar with the case, uh, Dr. Dunch was a neurosurgeon who like really messed up other people. Like, yeah. Yes. And, and it was the same thing. Like they would operate. They'd be like, yes, I did it and walk away. And then if somebody would die, they would be like, that was poor post-op care. Like they would blame it on They would have care. died anyway. This is what yes. he said about Christopher because Christopher had a growth on his, his windpipe and the American doctors were all saying there's nothing more we can do. Six months. He six yeah. Months Paolo gave them hope. And even after Christopher died, his mother and his sister said, oh, wonderful Dr. Maccarini. He gave us hope when no one else gave us hope. But it, this is a false hope, right? Yeah, it was so interesting how he just kept getting away with so many of his patients dying and it just being like excused off. Like, I don't even understand how most of these got excused off. But what I think what I was really starting to understand was nobody was connecting that most multiple patients were dying. You know what I'm saying? I think that was the biggest thing because the the first patient, I, I don't know if you can say his name. Antimarian. Yes. And a Marian, yes. Yes. So he An got Icelandic the, fellow, yes. Yes. He got the operation and then he went back to Iceland. And so 
like we hear from the other the surgeons who um, that they were being told, oh, he's doing great. Meanwhile, he's not doing great, but they just don't know it. And by the time, like, and then by that time, Christopher Lyles has already, um, Christopher Lyles has already had his his um, operation and he's dead. And then he moved on to the little girl, Hannah, I believe it was. But Hannah and, was in America, so Kale and his um, his colleagues were not aware of Hannah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, then the Russian girl in Russia who didn't yes. need the operation, she had a trache uh, a tracheotomy. So you know you have a hole in your neck, and I'm sure it's unpleasant, and you have to mm-hmm. keep it cl- like it's a it's something you have to maintain. But you're not going to die. You're not going to uh, die. But she mm-hmm. died. In fact, when the journalist. Uh, f- uh, finally was starting to put some pieces together and uh, thought, well, I better speak to, to you know, the mother of the successful one. And mm-hmm. he rings Anna Marianne's mother and says, oh, you know, can I, I'm, a, I'm a, this journalist, blah, blah. Can I speak to your son? She says, yes, you can. Why don't you die? And then you can go and speak to him because he's dead. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. okay. <laughs> you know, the violence yeah. of her response, I think, was completely, you know, warranted. And I think that's why he was able to get away with it for so long. It's because people didn't realize all of these different patients all across the the globe were dead. You know what I'm saying? And the, 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 it wasn't being filtered to the, the property, the proper authorities until, you know, the other three surgeons got wind of it. It's just so unfortunate. And I just, I just hate it because this didn't have to happen and like you said he just he just willfully disregarded scientific procedure by not even by not trying it on the mice you know not doing animal testing by just sticking foreign these people were rotting on the inside because he's sticking foreign material into their bodies it's not taking that's basically open wounds within their body. You know what I'm saying? If you're, if you're sewing this plastic trachea or you're, 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 you're getting this plastic trachea into somebody's, into somebody's body, there is no blood flow between the two sides that are separate the trachea. So it's just rot. Or in some cases, the trachea was collapsing. The, the, the plastic piece wasn't, like we said, the plastic piece wasn't even up to standards to be implanted. So it was just like the arrogance, the absolute arrogance and willful disregard for people's lives is just unfathomable. I mean, Matthias, uh, the uh, American surgeon who was working in Sweden, he had a great quote. He says, honest people don't suspect dishonesty and that's why we get tricked. He wasn't trying to excuse himself, but he was kind of giving us an insight into like how they could have spent so long working with Paolo and not suspecting him and, you know, by association, how Benita and Anna could also have been have been fooled by him. The mm-hmm. the intriguing thing when you're talking about these faulty implants was the journalist, the TV journalist who decides to make a documentary himself and mm-hmm. astonishingly gets an interview with Paolo until Paolo realizes it's not going to be a puff piece. This yeah. is Johannes Wallström. Mm-hmm. He find he does a he does a quick goog. It's interesting they goog as well, <laughs> yeah. and he finds a, a documentary a very 
glowing documentary about uh, Paolo. And he contacts the documentary filmmakers and says, do you have any offcuts? And they say, oh, yeah, we've got 50 hours of offcuts. You're very welcome to look at them. And in them, on camera and mic'd, we mm-hmm. see uh, one of the assistants showing Paolo two implants and saying, well, this one's too short, but this one's too soft. And instead of saying, well, we can't do the operation, he says, oh, well, we'll use that one. And the assistant looks astonished and says, the, the one that's too short? Yes. So this proves that Macarani knew, knew mm-hmm. that those implants were, were faulty. Ugh. And still put them in people's bodies. Like, I Ugh. just do not understand that, like, level of, would you, it's, you know, we're not psychologists here, but would you classify him as, like, almost like a narcissistic serial killer? Yes. I mean, he's not. I would. Kill, he's not killing Why? them deliberately but he doesn't care if he kills them i feel like we should label it because yes just because well, he, he a had a medical killer. license you know what i'm saying like yeah. just because he had a medical license i don't think um shields him for willfully killing Definitely people not. i mean you know? he killed seven of his eight plastic trachea patients mm-hmm. but he had killed patients before like Danila and had been Uh, charged by the Swedish government with uh, manslaughter and Danila's mother Anna is 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 waiting to declare their relationship until after mm -hmm. the court decides whether he killed her son or not she's so charmed by him and that's why he can only take photographs of the back of her I mean oh I mean it's not stupid Anna it's you know it's it's bad Paolo it really speaks to like his charm. Like he 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 seduced this woman whose son he killed, and what they had a baby together. I what when I again this was not one of the relationships that I had been privy to. So at first I was like, "Is this the wife?" And it, that I wasn't it even was the, the wife. wife. I thought it was the wife as well, but it's not. It, it's not even the wife. So I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" Like this charm about him. It's like some like some people are imbued with this amount of charm and a lot they go on to be cult members or doctors (laughs) that kill people apparently like it's just like do some good somewhere but um what did you think of like the production aspect of it i I think it's very well made very well made i think it's very well made but did you notice the text message bubbles they were wrong were they not they i've seen better graphics but did you so (laughs) Like, like they would show Benita texting him, but her text would be on the left side and then his text. Oh, I didn't notice that. I totally uh, noticed that, Sarah. I was like, it's what? him receiving them. Yeah. I have a problem like, with text messages on the screen. I know you do. Yes, that's why I at thought least, you, at that's least why get I thought it right. Oh, no, I, yeah. might have, I might have just looked away because it was all lovey-dovey stuff. Yeah. It, um, It's so it's, weird. Yeah. The, but but I think in general it's very well made. Mm-hmm. It was fascinating. It's very complicated. So again, as you and I say, if we're presented with a well made documentary, we don't mind doing some side googling. Yeah, because we don't feel like oh you left out important stuff. It's just like oh there was so much stuff or it was so complex or I'm going to go down the rabbit hole. Uh, but but you the documentary makers didn't make, leave me feeling unsatisfied. So I think in that they did very well. My Major complaints, as I've said, is the subtitle, Love Under the Knife, entirely the wrong focus. And I just had, let's say, 
uh, I'll be I'll be more detailed. I didn't have mm-hmm. too much Benita. I had too much Benita before she realized he was a love rat, fraudster, murderer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And not enough of her afterwards investigating. I mean, Johannes mm-hmm. uh, making his documentary actually gets a sit down with Paolo. And Paolo uh, he says to Paolo, "You didn't do animal experimentations." And he says, "How do you know that?" Yana says, well, there's no documentation. And he says, "Uh, we did animal experiments in Russia, Russia, Mm -hmm. which is actually true, but he didn't do them until after he'd killed seven people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the love under the knife. I'm just wondering, do you think if it didn't have the love fraud aspect, would you still be interested in the case? I would almost be more interested. Me too. I, I agree. I just, I, I, I feel like I get why they added. I get why they added. Okay, like you completely. said at the beginning, it's, yes. it's to show that he has this level of this high tolerance of lying. I mean, honestly, we didn't even really get into it, but he, he was telling uh, Benita like, okay, we're going to get married at a castle in Italy. The Pope is going to marry us, even though we're two divorced people. And I don't even think one of us and is Catholic. You're Catholic. Yes. yes. And then he was saying, I am a part of this secret guild of surgeons who only uh, operate on certain people. I operate on the Clintons, on Barack Obama, on Putin, on all of these people. Elton John's coming to the wedding. Yes, like all of these lies. And like, and then he looked her in the face and also told her that he was a CIA sniper when she confronted him. Being a surgeon is a cover for being oh. a CIA sniper. Now, if anyone ever tells you that they're in the CIA or the secret, uh, they're in some secret organization, red flag ladies. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying it's your fault because they are nope. trying to deceive you. It is their job to deceive you. Mm-hmm. But uh, I did, I, I was trying and failing to remember the property that I knew Benita's story from because mm-hmm. I didn't remember Probably the Dateline. Well, but I fully remember the the castle in Italy turning up in the wedding dress. So so when we didn't see her turning up in the wedding dress in this one, I thought, oh, uh, I'm sure she turned up in the wedding dress. But that Mm -hmm. was a fascinating story of how you can be deceived. She's not the first person to be deceived. It's just the grandness of the scale. Unlike Tinder Swindler, he's not looking for her money. But what is he looking for, Mari? Why is he not just frauderizing the medicine why does he have to what's the stuff with the women and multiple women so that he has to have five cell phones that's another tell by the way multiple cell phones right like exactly and i and i get it and i think that's why they have to add it because it's just like he's lying to lie because he enjoys lying (laughs) like clearly i think so i think so (laughs) and there is i mean there is a lovely thing how it started and how it's going. In the how it started bit, we see quite a few of his little videos. I'm thinking of you. Good morning, my darling. I love you, Mm -hmm. my love. I can't wait till we're together. And after she figures out who he is, she goes back and she looks at at him again and goes, yeah, he never uses my name. (laughs) That was pretty funny. I was like, oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, he's just making one and then and sending them to to everybody. It's uh, everybody. But the the amount, oh, I always think the amount of brain power it would take to commit these frauds, medical research and love and romantic. Imagine that power being put to good. 
this is where I have to say some okay. people are just bad and he's bad. Exactly. It's like you could be doing all the right things, but you'd rather just half ass it and do the bad things. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's not a half ass. It's like a double ass. It's a double ass. <laughs> because you have to remember what you said to who. You have to figure out not to use their names on the love side. Mm-hmm. And I th- I think I'm coming a little bit more towards you, which I hadn't thought before. If he actually liked it, he actually liked them dying. It's like the only liked it. It's the only like explanation. Like I don't I, I don't know if he was put I cannot say that he was putting these plastic tubes in these people's these people's bodies and walking away being like, This will be the one. You know, this will be the one to survive. Like I don't think so. I think he loved the exposure. I think he loved the adoration from the families. Oh, you know, being able to like still get their full trust and honesty after killing their loved ones. I think he got it. It has to be a game at that point. It has to be a game. He he rang Anna every day after her son died. He kept in touch with Chris's family and then invited them to his wedding where Mm -hmm. they paid for airfares and bought gowns. I'm sorry I'm banging on about that, but that to me is, uh, that That infuriated me. It was the money they would have spent, a money which, you know, any of us would have to think very carefully about spending and just for for nothing. There has to be pleasure in that. There has to be pleasure in looking someone in the eyes and saying, we will be together in Barcelona, my darling, Uh, whatever your name is, because I've said this to five (laughs) other people. (laughs) Telling her and she's gonna be in Barcelona at the house where his wife and two kids are are at is yes. nuts bananas. Um, what do you think the media's involvement in all this was? Well, look, the media loves a good story, and medicine is very complicated, and mm-hmm. we want to avoid not only disease, but sort of death as well. So we love hearing about breakthroughs, whether it's one simple trick that doctors don't want you to know and it's a spoonful of apple cider vinegar. I mean, go for your life if that's what you want to do, but it's not going to do anything for you. But we also love the other side, like when the cochlear implant was uh, perfected here in Australia and how that was an extraordinary uh, good news story and has changed people's lives. And, And so... We as consumers and the media as purveyors of information to us loves these new, exciting, almost science fiction things. So mm-hmm. they're only writing positively. For example, the documentary makers that Johannes approaches edited to make a good, a positive, glowing documentary. Mm-hmm. We know they had this other footage. There was a decision not to show it. What do you think about the media's involvement? Uh, which one of the I think one of the surgeons said it right I think you just said they were like the media bolstered him they presented this aura around him like he was the super surgeon like he could do all these things when actuality he couldn't and they kind of like hid that even um um Bonita's uh NBC Dateline special on him they were following him when when he had did the Christopher Lyles surgery and I believe the Hannah yeah it was Hannah that drew them in that was there in fact Hannah was supposed to be the main focus but she died she she died died. so they had to pivot and make it a story about how brilliant um, Paolo is exactly they you have to say that they do hold some kind of like fault 
here innocent of yes. it to, to me i think somebody had called it like the gray's anatomy effect you know what i'm saying of like finding that miracle cure and we all now think that it could it can be done in certain things and we want it done and we want it done quickly um, we want it. We want it now. And I mean, people like me who aren't in the medical field, unlike you, because we know something about stem cells. It sounds like magic fairy pixie dust. So if he's mm-hmm. doing implants based in stem cells, wow, cutting edge, new. This is exciting to us because we know so little. Yeah. Uh, the Gray's Anatomy Effect is a term that describes the disconnect between real life and television medicine. And this is what it felt like, like right out of that, like. You're you have a patient who has who has cancer of of his of the windpipe and Christopher Lyles. And then a doctor says, well, I can basically um, print you or, you know, manufacture you a new uh, windpipe. And, you know, it feels plausible because we've been seeing it on the on these TV shows for for decades now. You know, doctor doctor TV shows are like some of the number one rated shows you know what i'm saying so it's just like the the media the media is always going to have its hands in the, in the mm-hmm. cookie jar in a, mm-hmm. in a lot of the things we do i would say yes and again uh is it a sin of omission or a sin of commission we do mm. hear about the uh, russian girl they could have stop describing her as beautiful. I'm sure she is, but it kind of is beside the point because ugly yeah. people are also allowed not to die hideous <laughs> on their own <laughs> tissues. But yeah. she was contacted by the one of the documentary filmmakers who's, and she sent back an extensive email talking mm-hmm. about the torture of her life, how she is in ICU uh, having to be not intubated, having to be cleaned out mm-hmm. once every four hours, and she lingers like this for four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julia is her name, and she well, didn't I think, uh, need the operation either. And they ignored the email. I so I thought it was Julia as well. It's actually Yasim. Y- oh, it's Yasim. Okay, sorry, excuse mm-hmm. me. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's the one. I I thought the same thing too. They kind of like yada yada. They conflated Yasem. those two. Yeah. Yeah. They call her yeah. patient three. That's right. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so she was back in Russia in a terrible situation being claimed because she was still, I was going to say theoretically alive. She was actually alive uh, and being claimed as one of the success stories because nobody asked her. And then yeah. when they did ask her, they didn't use the information and said to Johannes, uh, we actually never got that email. Oh, really? Or was it just inconvenient? Yeah. Ugh. So it's just so much. So I would definitely suggest to our listeners, like um, you could do extra Googling on this and, and because we are, we are trying to conduce yeah. all of this and make it it's, sound look, like. It's fascinating. And, and one is outraged and there's a lot, there's a lot there. And if you don't like documentary, well, if you don't like documentaries, why are you listening to crime scene? But anyway, <laughs> uh, we love it that you are, but uh, mm-hmm. I would say I am very much looking forward to the second season of the TV series of Dr. Death, mm-hmm. uh, which is coming, as I say, at the end of December. So Murray, how many magnifying glasses will you give this docu-series bad surgeon love under the knife um i feel like i have a little bit higher praise for it now that we've talked about it um i i liked it um 
knowing the case didn't feel I didn't feel cheated out of anything. Um, I there were like I said, there were surprises still. I love when I know the case and but there's still like something you can you can surprise me on. Plus, I was wondering why it kind of came out now. You know, what I'm saying I was wondering why they were following it up about it now. And it's because the new developments um, in court and all of his appeals and, and stuff like that, I, I realized. 2022 like i guess they waited till after covid or something because that's a that's so many years like seven years since all of his stuff had been exposed but i'll give it a four i i I quite thoroughly enjoyed it honestly i did and like i said i was i was surprised by a lot of stuff i thought that they humanized um the the victims through their family through the family that was available i really like felt for them and I thought that they had just enough Bonita in comparison to the other stuff that I had seen. So yeah, it, it wasn't that bad. I, it, it, and it was a pretty easy watch. I didn't, I didn't feel like it was dragging for the three episodes. So I'll give it a four. How about you, Sarah? Yeah, look, I think it definitely didn't drag. I mean, we've had some three-parters that seem far too long and other three-parters right. seem just right. So the length was good. I think it was well-made. I'm slightly less high on it than you, but I'm glad to mm-hmm. have talked about it. I probably came in at a three and now I'm a three and a half, which is a very mm-hmm. good mark as far as I'm concerned. And I would say it is a recommend from us. Yes, I would say so as well. Do we have other recommendations? Mari, what do you have to recommend to our listeners? I am going to recommend The Gilded Age on HBO. Ah, yes. Opera Wars. Yes. I need to take a break. (laughs) Take a break (laughs) from all of the true crime for a second. Somebody called it a game of homes on on Twitter and I (laughs) lost it. You know, Gilded Age, late uh, 19th century, uh, white people, rich money problems. Yes, give it all to me. So, <laughs> and then also there's an, a, the amazing podcast that we have on our sister network, Post Show Recaps with Jason and Marissa Garza, both former um, guests on our show. They are so funny on their Gilded Age uh, recaps uh, uh, podcast. So check them out as well. So I, if you, if you just, if it feels like solo stakes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> people with money arguing about what opera house they're gonna uh <laughs> opera house they're gonna use for the season it 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 is it is very much laid back viewing uh what about you sarah well again in an attempt to pivot from true crime we've watched a lot of true crime this year mari yes. i'm going to thoroughly recommend and i say thoroughly in that fashion because it, it might sound like something you're not interested in. It certainly was something I wasn't interested in, but I watched it because the trailer intrigued me and it's so good. It's called The Secret Life of Dancing Dogs and it's on Hulu. It's a real-life best-in-show, if you know that excellent Christopher Guest film. So it's basically the owners and the dogs who compete at crafts in the dancing dogs category. I mean, I knew Crufts was like best in show when you walk around and each dog has to be held up against perfection of the standard of that breed. But I didn't Mm -hmm. know they also have 
They also have a dancing dog section, and yes, that's what it's called. And so we get to know the owners, we get to know the dogs, there's the highs, there's the lows, there's the infighting, there's the crying. Oh, it's fantastic. So I cannot recommend it highly enough, The Secret Life of Dancing Dogs on Hulu. At Crime Scene, we're eager to hear your feedback and suggestions for future episodes. You can follow Crime Scene on Twitter at Crime Scene RHAP, that's S-E-E-N, or email us at Crime Scene RHAP at gmail.com. We're on TikTok at Crime.Scene and on social media at Crime Scene Podcast. Please remember to subscribe to our feed by going to robhaswebsite.com slash crime feed. It makes a huge difference. What have you got going on and where can the people find you, Mari? Of course, other than on here with you, Sarah, you can Yay. find me and Chappelle over on The Connect, over on Post Show Recaps. You go to postshowrecaps.com slash connect. You'll see uh, me and Chappelle covering rap shit right now. It's we're so great. Uh, such a great show. It's almost over. I think we have like three or four, three more episodes, but it's it's just been so fun covering with Chappelle and plus Chappelle is going to start covering like movies as well so if you want to support the connect uh, support like us talking about black prestige television go to postshowrecaps.com slash connect what about you Sarah what do you got going on well people can follow me at Sarah Carradine on all the things over on post show recaps I'm covering the Buccaneers and the Artful Dodger I just joined Grace and Jess on the full spoiler recap show covering the entire first season of Colin from Accounts, which is an Australian uh, sitcom, let's say. And I helped them perfect their Australian accent. So if you want to learn how to do an Australian accent as an American, I have a very simple way for you to do it, but you have to listen to the podcast to find out. Uh, We'll also be bringing you a full spoiler recap of A Murder at the End of the World once that season concludes in a couple of weeks. Over on Silent Podcasts, I'm covering Squid Game The Challenge, two episodes at a time, and the Aussie Queens bring you a mid-season check-in on Big Brother Australia, House of Love, 18 sexy singles. Don't watch it, but listen to Annabelle Fiddler and I rip these people to shreds. Uh, Mari, what are we watching next week? Next time on Crime Scene, we're covering Murder in Boston, Roots, Rampage, Reckoning with Gia Worthy. Watch it on Max and send us your comments and questions. Thanks to Will from America for the theme music and the whole RHAP team behind the scenes. Until next time, case Case closed. closed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.